Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey Geekscapists, welcome to a brand new Geekscape podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan London, and if this is your first Geekscape, maybe you were just kind of perusing podcasts and you're like, I'm looking for something geeky that talks about comics, movies, video games. What's this Geekscape thing? And you downloaded us. I think you're in the right place. We've been doing this since 2005, 2006. This is Geekscape, and every week I like to sit down with a guest. Maybe they're an actor or a director or they're from the video game world. And I like to talk about um, their inspirations, like what, what led them to this life of geek creation and uh, what they got out of it. Maybe they have a brand new release out. Maybe they're fundraising for their next big project. Um, and that's what I do. I've been doing it for 15, 16 years. You all have been along for the ride with me for a lot of that. Um, I want to start off real quick by apologizing for last week's episode, not because the content was bad. I thought that conversation with John Swap was fantastic. I goofed it on my audio. And if you listen to the episode, it's only about 20, 23 minute long episode. It's a short uh, conversation. Um, I had the wrong input uh, selected for my microphone. I was going through the headphones and it was awful. And I, it wasn't until I was editing uh, and brought the audio in that I realized I had selected the wrong input. Uh, there was nobody on the other end listening and making sure that you're hearing this kind of audio, which sounds pretty clear. Uh, and John's not a regular. He's a filmmaker who has a brand new movie out. And um, he didn't know the wiser. He was like, hey, this guy sounds like he's on a phone. Some podcasts have people that sound like they're on phones. Uh, I've heard like ESPN and big corporations put out conversations where half the conversation sounds like they're on the phone. Uh, I don't want that here. And I apologize that you got that last week. That being said, I loved talking to John about the real film nerdy stuff of selecting lenses and shooting on a 17 day production window with Hollywood stars and stunts and things like that. I love talking to filmmakers. A lot of that, I'll just admit, is do me doing my own research, uh, looking at a similarly sized film I might have coming down the pipe and being like, okay, like, what was this filmmaker's approach to that? How do they select their lenses? How do they talk to their crew? How do they work their creative brain around that? aggressive production slate uh production schedule and budget so uh go back and listen to john's episode if you can stomach my audio i loved 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 having john on the show and i hope he comes back because he has some awesome movies i think Candyland's a really cool little crime movie um another piece of note this is actually a positive geekscape this is uh my geek world and my jock world ran into each other this past weekend i don't some of y'all know this but um, I like to run the Hollywood stairs with my friends on Saturdays. We get we get a lot of people there. We get 50 to 70 people running the Hollywood stairs of the Hollywood Bowl uh, here in Hollywood. They're nice enough to let us in there. And uh, I do it every Saturday. Uh, this Saturday, I almost had heat stroke because I freaking dressed up like a 
Easter rabbit and just we put eggs everywhere and we just kind of made the workout Easter themed. It was fun. Um, that being said, after the workout, uh, Jeff, who runs it, says, hey, I want you to meet somebody, Jonathan. And I'd seen the guy at the workouts two or three times, but he's a Geekscape listener. He's a longtime Geekscape listener. He remembers the show from when you used to watch it on video on like a freaking iPhone. Um, and so uh, Juan, Daniel Sanson, you are probably listening to this in Long Beach. And we met this past Saturday in person, but you've been listening to me for years. Juan, uh, episode's out to you, man. This is this is your episode. I wanted to shout you out because it's really cool. Uh, to have my jock world and my geek world kind of like meet. And so shout out Swan. Thanks for listening for so long, dude. And thanks for the kind words about the most recent episodes. I think we've been, um, I think we've really been cooking on some of these conversations. I love these guests. And this week's episode isn't any different. I know I've been off for two weeks. We're going to play some catch up here. I went to see the Dungeons Dragons movie. It's so much fun. We'll talk about it if we can. Um, and we'll talk about the new Super Mario Brothers movie and some of the stuff we've been missing. But I have the best guest for that. My friend Angelica is here. And Angelica Trey and I have never met in person. But we actually met when I started following her on TikTok. And I was like, here's this really funny geeky girl who is like making really funny Nintendo themed content. And I'm just going to ask her if she wants to come on Geekscape. And she is here. And we're going to be talking all about the brand new Super Mario Brothers movie. She's going to tell you the ins and outs of nintendo land at universal because she's been i have not gotten a chance to do it uh and i gotta hear about it because i'm itching to go and uh we're gonna get a view that and lots more so hang tight let's play the theme song let's get to it All right, Geekscape, let's let's, get, let's, let's learn some English. <laughs> hey, Jonathan, how long have you been doing this show, pal? You don't even know how to put words one in front of the other. Um, let's get to it. Uh, so this geek world, it may be super expansive, and now everyone's into the geek thing, and that is so cool. We're not going to be gatekeepers here at Geekscape. <laughs> Did you see that they posted the new Marvels trailer for uh, the new Marvel movie that's coming out in November with Captain Marvel and Miss Marvel. Uh, yeah, the boys, the neckbeards and the incels are a little upset about that one. I thought the trailer was great. Uh, it looks a lot, like a lot of fun. Uh, we're not going to be gatekeepers here. And so, like I said, I'm, I'm sitting there on TikTok and I am always looking for cool women to come on Geekscape and talk about their perspective in the geek sphere and the Geekscape. And uh, an Angelica popped up and I invited her on. And then I put out the... Um, the kind of like announcement that I'm going to have Angelica on the show and our very own Christian Blatt from the Geekscape book club, which you can find right here on this podcast network was like two of my favorite people talking to each other. And I was like, okay, well if Christian Blatt knows her, then she's cool in my book. And I think the Blatt cast himself is in uh, the comments over there on YouTube saying, as I said on Facebook, one of my favorite people talking to one of my other favorite people um, so I will not um, wait, and I'll, let's get one of Christian Blatt's favorite people in here to talk to one of his other favorite people. 
Hello, fellow favorite person of Christian Blatt. How are you? Hi, other fellow <laughs> favorite person of Christian Blatt. <laughs> this, How do you know this, Christian? I got to know that. Um, so I used to, well, I guess still currently, like I, I recently was on the Blattcast talking about uh, one of the more recent episodes of the season three of Picard. And also we just did like a Strange New Worlds trivia night over in Hollywood the other day. And it was so much fun. <laughs> Nobody invites me to anything. Christian, <laughs> Strange New Worlds is my Star Trek show, man. That show kicks. I'm not, Heidi's the Trekkie in the household, but I got to tell you, Strange New Worlds. And if I may pause real quick, you may have seen this on social media, Christian, but Heidi had her birthday this past weekend and we're hanging out. It's a lunch party and Heidi is like, we're like only like 10 minutes into this party. And she's like, nobody's going to come. And then they, her friends slowly start coming. And then who walks into the place and goes and sits down at the bar to have himself a drink. But our good, uh, our, our, our good friend, LeVar Burton, who I hosted at, Sandy, at uh, LA Comic-Con in December. And so I was like, oh my God, of all the people, because you know Heidi I'm, and I met because she used to do this web series stuck in LeVar. And now LeVar Burton walks into the bar where Heidi's having her birthday. Yeah. And I just talked to LeVar in December. So I was like, I'm just going to go over and talk to him and be like, hey, man, remember me? We were on the main stage of Comic-Con together and we had a great conversation. And he and I did. And he said, hey, yeah, we, we had a nice little chat. And he's like, what are you doing here? And I said, well, Heidi, who you know, is having her birthday over there. So he came over and hung out with the bar with the whole birthday party. That's so cool. Imagine LeVar Burton. <laughs> Burton walking into your birthday party. Yeah. That's so now that he's gift. done with Picard, he's going to do the series Stalking, Stalking Heidi Cox, London. It's London now. So Stalking Heidi Cox, London. He's going to start. I can't say that. He's not going to do that. But <laughs> how long have you been a, a Star Trek fan, Angelica? How'd you get um, into it? I I have a, a weird, Not a, it's not a weird story. It's actually kind of not boring, but maybe a little disappointing. So how I got into Star Trek is I was um, at my sister's place. I'm the youngest of like six kids. And I was over there for around holiday time, just, you know, staying up late as I usually do past, you know, the time of the rest of my family. And I um, was just perusing the like, like TV, essentially. And I stumbled across an episode of Star Trek and I went, this is actually really clever and such a fun show. And it's a thoughtful show. And um, it was an episode of The Next Generation. And I went and I started watching it on my own from there. So I have a little bit of a different origin story where it's like I stumbled upon Star Trek. But I. <laughs> this, this incredibly popular transmedia well, yeah. presence in our lives but no i understand it. if you're if you're a young kid you may not have somebody to like the person at the video store or the person at the comic store who's like hey if you like that have you tried this and like who yeah. kind of gives you that gateway drug into your favorite fandom mm -hmm. and usually when you, i talk to people about it they mention oh i watched it with my parent growing sure. up or, or something like that like it's it's within their circle and so it was such a weird thing for me to just sort of find it and go hmm i really like this that's great. Um, I know there's some like Earth 2 fans out there who are like, I used to watch this show Earth 2. It only lasted one season. It had Tim Curry on it. It got canceled. And that show crashed and burned so fast. I think you were like, what the hell is Earth 2? It was late midnight. <laughs> oh, like, okay. But somewhere there's a kid who's like, this is my jam. And then I, well, <laughs> I named this after, I mean, I named Geekscape after what some would consider to be a sort of failed 
sci-fi show, which is Farscape, which ran four or five seasons on very early sci-fi channel. And uh, was like a Henson company pr- production. I granted Farscape's a little bit more popular, but that's my favorite sci-fi series. And, um, you discovered how you discover it. And yeah. I think while I have it on the show and, you know, something we, we've had a lot of guys recently on the show, Geekscape is honestly like, you know, it's who has something to promote, who comes on. And I, I do try and get, uh, diverse voices on here. Um, Angelica, like what has been your experience with things like gatekeeping, et cetera? I mean, it's more acceptable to be a geek girl now, or like what's, what's the story here? Oh, it's way more acceptable now. To be fair, though, I am more embedded within the geek space, mm-hmm. you know, the geek world. But um, it, there's definitely a, a strange little barrier of entry sometimes. Um, I remember, you know, as someone who was like a fan who stumbled into um, science fiction, I started getting really interested in, in sci-fi. And how old do you think you were? And like, yeah. Probably no, like elementary or middle school like i didn't grow up in a particularly um like traditionally nerdy family or anything like i i was the person that was into uh anime growing up and into science fiction and things like that but there was a huge surge of dystopian and like apocalyptic movies when i was a kid And that I think was a common ground in my family. And then from there, I remember. Were your parents preppers? No, (laughs) not at all. You guys want to watch? You guys want to watch the road? (laughs) You guys want to watch? (laughs) No, it was just like really. I don't know. It was like the popular movies to watch at the time. Everyone loves. Everyone loves a good dystopian. Yeah. There's something sexy about watching the world burn, I guess. I don't know. I just want, the, I just want my kids to know we got it good right now and we don't got to eat the dog. Exactly. <laughs> you have a roof over your head. Most families are like, hey, you want to watch a Spielberg movie or maybe some Disney stuff? It's like, hey, kids, you want to watch Mad Max put a chainsaw through something? Mad Max is good, though. You want to see some people fight over a a gas canister? (laughs) (laughs) At least it wasn't uh, Waterworld, and I'm sorry if you do have a preference for (gasps) Waterworld. (laughs) Uh, Andy Rattinger, who's my editor and close friend, and we Uh went to grad school together, and he's like a brother to me. He Uh fucking loves Waterworld, and I haven't (laughs) rewatched that shit since the theater. Like, (laughs) he, he, you know, these friends who love this movie. And uh-huh. the, and it's a movie that maybe that, like Waterworld that just got panned and maybe you sat through it and you're like didn't do anything not only did it not do anything for me like it I wasn't into it and yeah you, you go you, you go like years forgetting that this movie exists and then you have that friend who it's their favorite movie and that's Andy with Waterworld yeah and then they then they threaten you and they're like you need to sit and watch the director's cut with me. <laughs> I'm like, motherfucker, what is this shit? Like, you're Kathy yeah. Bates in misery at that point where it's like, listen, the next time you have, I, I know what you think, man. I know you saw it in the theaters. The next time you have seven hours, you got to watch the Water World director's cut with me. <laughs> next oh, time, no. listen, bro, trust me. It's an overlooked masterpiece. But the next time you have nine days, you need to do a deep dive on the water oh, world. No. I'm like, no, it's not going to happen. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I yeah. can't. No. Oh, Mm-mm. so you haven't done it yet. Uh, that's, oh shit. Jim Pelgrinelli. <laughs> in New York. Be... He's, he's like, don't knock water world, man. The pee drinking man fish kicked ass. Oh, uh, I think you, Jim, I think, you know, Andy, he went to Columbia with us. Like <laughs> Andy fucking loves water world. And he's like, Hey, let me know. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's almost like 
no offense, Andy, but it's almost like you're insulting me when you're like, hey, man, if you have a free night, like, come over and watch Waterworld for four hours. I'm like, what? What do you think? What? Four hours? What? Hey, man, next time you think you uh, might be on your deathbed regretting your life's choices, I'm going to put a four-hour Waterworld in the mix. And then when you look back, you'd be like, well, at least I had that night I watched Waterworld for four hours. I'm being mean. Andy, hit me up. <laughs> just for that shit, we're watching Waterworld. We're, we're making enemies today. No, I thought just we were going to bring shit. the geeks together, and instead <laughs> yeah. we're just making it more divisive well, let's talk ever. about gatekeeping. I like Waterworld. <laughs> I liked Waterworld and this motherfucker made fun of me for it. This entire podcast is just anti-Waterworld today. <laughs> Let me tell you what fans are assholes, Angelica. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't even know there was a director's cut. Is there like an extended totally. version? And Oh, my gosh. Totally. No. Totally. Uh, our good friends at Analog Jones, another Geekscape podcast, they stand behind Waterworld. Well, don't get, spl- don't get splashed by Kevin Costner's pee drink because... Yeah, that's all I remember from that movie. Um, okay, so your your parents were preppers who were right. preparing no. for post-apocalyptic no. existence. Um, and- <laughs> no, this was okay. So this was my my gateway, my path into uh, getting into like science fiction and the geek space. So there was a lot of these apocalyptic films and dystopian films growing up, and and growing I remember up on what Mars. What do you mean? Wait, what, what, okay, sorry. List some of the movies. Like Armageddon. Okay. There, okay. Armageddon. Okay. There's, um, like you said, there was the, the road. The I don't Earth think got I watched... saved in Armageddon. That wasn't dystopian. That wasn't post-apocalyptic. The apocalypse literally got avoided in Armageddon. It was anti-apocalypse. Well, it's apocalyptic. Okay, that's <laughs> yeah, okay. the theme. Apocalypse. Well, Independence Day. Let's let's put it to Independence yeah, Day. Independence Day. Yeah, Independence Day. Day. Yeah. Yeah. And the humanity movies. Um, what about uh, is sun is it sunshine? I might be yeah. thinking an yeah, the, the one with Chris Evans. No, wait, the core as well. Oh, the core is tight. <laughs> is that the one where it floods? Like there's a huge tsunami as okay, well. The the, the core uh, has Aaron Edkert mm-hmm. and um and uh sorry, next karate kid, Oscar winner. Uh and they have to go into the core and restart it. Core of the Earth. Yeah, I'm, yeah. They have to reboot the, the core comments. of yeah, Earth. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds tight. And then yeah. you have Event Horizon. Oh, yeah. Event Horizon's in there. Not very yeah. kid-friendly. No, but I think I think you're onto something. I think that like the late 90s mm-hmm. had this whole slew of movies that were shot between a $20, $80 million budget that were these event movies. Exactly, and, yeah. And like Armageddon is on the high end of it. And then at the low end, you still have these kind of cool movies and they are fun. Like Event Horizon is dumb fun and it's cool. Um, And uh, Deep Rising, I'm going to go with Deep Rising. That's not a a post-apocalyptic movie, but it is a giant tentacle movie. uh, Okay. Monster. You just reminded me there's there's Deep, is it Deep Impact? Deep Impact is straight up an apocalyptic Armageddon type movie. Mm -hmm. That was a good one. So you're into that, but at what point do you get into like video games? Because I I met you online at least because on the TikToks you're all about the Nintendo stuff, and I have a soft spot in my heart for anything Nintendo. Um, so I was like, she's funny, she's in a Nintendo, cool. Mm-hmm. That gets a follow. Um, and we should shout out your TikTok as well. What's your TikTok handle? My TikTok is a tray because Angelica is too much for people. Okay. So I, it's just a y y t r a e, like a, okay. <laughs> hey, hey. Uh, but 
when did you get into video games? Because I think that's the stuff that put you on the path to being on Geekscape. Right. Okay. May not, maybe you didn't want to be on that path anymore. <laughs> Screw this path. <laughs> um, I give up gaming. How do I, how do I get out? How do I get off this ride? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so, so yeah, uh, there's that separate side of just things that led me into science fiction and a lot of the, the broader geek space in that sense. Um, gaming, that's a whole, <laughs> that's a whole separate, um, endeavor that was i guess it was it was one of those things where i i got into it pretty early that i don't really have any particular moment that i can pinpoint in my life where i went hmm, i'm gonna become a gamer it wasn't really cognizant i think uh i grew up around like some of my siblings like their friends would have a playstation or something and and i would watch them game a lot and I loved watching gameplay. I would, I would sit there and I'd, I'd watch like Crash Bandicoot. I was watching um, Silent Hill, even though it was way too scary for me and it gave me nightmares. And then eventually I got my own GameCube. I got my own Game Boy Color and then a Game Boy Advance and fell into that world of gaming on my own and, you know, playing things like Animal Crossing and like, you know, yeah. more uh, Pokemon and um, maybe some more like younger games like that. Hamtaro. I remember playing a Hamtaro game. That's <laughs> a um, little hamster guy. Yeah. Love yeah. that fool. And so, so what was like, what was like the big one? Because I, I, for me, obviously, like, I'm super going to age myself, but we can obviously talk about the new Super Mario Brothers movie that we both love. But yeah. in 84, 85, 86, when that first NES came out, that was groundbreaking for me. And and I think it, I'm in, I'm in late stage generation X. So we were latchkey kids and our, we'd come home and we'd either go over and play Nintendo at my place or a friend's place until our parents came home. And we would just go through so many NES games and we'd trade NES games. And that whole culture of NES was huge. But I remember Mario and Link being the, in the ultimately the Ninja Turtles being the big um, things that like, Took, they, they, those were those felt like they were mine, right? Well, my older brother was yeah. into Transformers, and my younger brother was maybe into GI Joe or something like. I remember Mario, Link, Sonic, oh, Ninja Sonic. Turtles. Like those were mine, right? Yeah. And and like so, what what were those characters? What were the stories and, and maybe those ti- game titles that were like this one's This one speaks to me. This one's mine. I, I really think Pokemon was the one that pulled me in entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, Pokemon was it was one of those games where i was i I was able to interact with these i guess kind of like mystical world creatures and be able to still have that combat system which we don't want to think about the logic of that like the real world application right but but um it was just so it was so cool and you could collect cards around it and i think pokemon is what really pulled me in um if we're talking in terms of legend of zelda um I obviously like Ocarina is just a fantastic game. It's a classic and it stood the test of time. But for like first games where I realized, oh my God, my console, like my Game Boy is dying right now and I have to Mm. charge it and I'm going to get one of those little lights that attach to (laughs) it so I can play under the covers. I think Pokemon was definitely that. It got so bad in the summer of 99 and at this yeah. point, at this point, I'm older than you, Angelica. So this, at this, well, I'm in fucking college, and oh, okay, somewhere between my sophomore and junior year in college, I have an, an an internship in New York City at MTV. I could not have had a cooler internship for the summer. 
I was like, I should spin this internship into getting dates. Instead, I spent my nights in the apartment I was renting for the summer playing Pokemon. I would be playing Pokemon on the subway, red and blue, whatever. The I mean, to the point where at night I would still hear the music and I would get up and be like, I forgot to turn on my Game Boy. And I would go check and it would be off. It would absolutely be off, but I'd still hear the music in my head. <laughs> because I was playing it, I was, it was driving me insane, but I liked yeah. it. And then when Yellow came out, I finished Yellow and I traded Mewtwo's all to the Yellow. And now I had two Mewtwo's and I can rock some people. And I mean, yeah. it just, it, it, I had to end it. It had to stop. I did you had not to play like Silver quit Gold. the addiction? I, it had to stop right there. Well, I got a girl. I actually got a girlfriend. <laughs> so oh, okay. <laughs> she, she, was, she was fine. She was, she, she was all about this She didn't stuff, battle but, with you? No, she didn't paddle with me, but she didn't play. Like, I don't think anybody's been really a gamer, but, um, but ultimately like, I love Pokemon. I love all that stuff. Have yeah. you played the home? Have you played home homebound and mother? They, they're on the virtual console. Um, and it's a, earthbound. I'm sorry. Uh, earthbound and mother mother was on the NES earthbound was on the SNES and they're role-playing games. But when you play them and I played them well after Pokemon, I really, I just finished earthbound. Mm-hmm. within this past year it's a classic rpg it hit the virtual console i said let me uh let me figure out like what the big talk is about on mm-hmm. earthbound it's the mechanics of pokemon at least the rpg elements of it it doesn't have the battling but everything from having a bike in the city and some of the in in the different menu uh it basically the whole thing's pokemon is like built on the earthbound engine oh, and it okay. all started making sense I was like, oh, my God, this was the thing that led to Pokemon. Uh, yeah. Christopher Robinson is like Jonathan was freebasing Pokemon on the subway. Yeah, <laughs> it was bad, bro. It was bad. Wait, you're you're in like a New York subway for this or which subway is yeah. this? It was in New York City. You're able to play Pokemon and on the New York subway. People would be like, hey, Jonathan, like we're working at MTV. Like I'm I'm. 20 i'm 20 years old at that point people are like hey we're all gonna go out afterwards work you want to hang out and i'd be like no nah, i got stuff to do <laughs> oh no i gotta fucking smash this gym <laughs> I gotta, yeah i gotta make sure fucking brock eats some fists <laughs> look it's priorities also you could uh, have you could- sorry about the siren people matt kelly just added another podcast to the network um sorry yeah priority shmorties Hey, you could have just snuck it into the bathroom, you know? Best of both worlds is if you go to the event, you go to the the whatever happy hour or whatever Jonathan, it is. You're 20 years Jonathan, old. you're in so there a long time. <laughs> I'm playing with myself. Jonathan, what are you doing in there? I'm sitting there going, <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, no. they won't question that. I can do that stuff all by myself. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> Just go do your gym fight, your gym battle, and then pop it's back It's highly out effective. I'm like, it, yeah. no. Exactly. No, no. Now, what I want to know is, you said Earthbound, right? Yeah. Did Earthbound, it had the bicycle mechanic, but did mm-hmm. it have it where if you took one wrong turn and you like popped over a ledge, <laughs> could you not go back up? Because I remember <laughs> that being so painful when I played no, Pokemon. No. Uh... I, did, I never discovered that one. I never actually discovered what you just talked about in the original Pokemon games. Like, what? I, guess I, was, I guess I was just good. You know what I mean? That Maybe that could have been like Ruby Sapphire era, but I remember you get on I a bike. I was long gone by then. Oh, okay. You go over by then, a ledge. I was like, no. 
There's yeah. like there's ledges and there's layers to certain maps in the game. And if you go down a ledge, you can't go back up and you have to go all the way back around. But if you get close to the ledge, it's just boop. It's just point of no return. Have fun. Yeah, exactly. 20 minutes. Yeah, and then I, you have to uh, bike through the grass and get attacked by caterpies. Yeah, gold and silver was kind of where I said, okay, dude, like you got a year or two left of college. Let's start. Yeah. Actually, I, I'll tell you the truth, Geekscape. Is I got into filmmaking. That's around the time I, I started getting a camera and getting into filmmaking. And then I was like, but was I still playing? Yeah, like summer 2000 was the summer I beat Ocarina. It's a little late for most people, but yeah. we had a crappy apartment up here in um, Northridge that we rented for the summer to, so we could get internships in Los Angeles. Uh, I was dating somebody in Los Angeles who was going to school with me. And, uh, we had an N64, and I that was when I beat Ocarina, and I loved it. And we did, we still did Pokemon Stadium and all that stuff. Um, and then when I moved to LA and I started getting my own income, like it was GameCube time. Start to, time to get that PS2. Time to start getting systems, baby. Yeah. And now you're a full fledged addict. Do you still have the GameCube though? Yeah. Nice. It's yeah. a purple. I, one, I yeah. mean, in our in my wedding, I came out to the Wind Waker mo- music. Oh, nice! My wedding entrance was to the windmaker music. Yeah. When you revealed the the ring for like proposing, was it inside mm-hmm. of the GameCube and you clicked the no. little <laughs> open button? It was. In, it was in a ring box I found. Into it was in a ring box that I found. It was really nice, a little ring box that I held onto for about a year. But it, but you geekscapists know this. It was on the main stage of LA Comic Con with my good man Giancarlo Esposito from Mandalorian and Breaking Bad. And <sighs> so cool. He held the ring for me and. Uh, and as I said on the Shazam 2 special, it was supposed to be Zach Levi, but Zach wanted to do his own deal on stage, and I, it's all good, and I love him. Uh, Zach's a good guy. Um, but I couldn't tell him, like, no, you have to let me moderate the panel. I'm supposed to propose, because I didn't want to tell I didn't tell anybody until five minutes before I went on stage, because I didn't want them shutting it down. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. Um, so, Angelica, talk to me about this Mario movie. I loved it, but I, I'd seen it. I have a little side gig at Universal. I don't really talk about the movies while they're in development, but I'd seen oh. the movie months ago and I loved the Mario movie for months. Seeing it finished, loved it even more. The music yeah. is finished. The music's the music is incredible, Geeks gave us. These are the best versions of the Mario songs and they run the entire history. And then I thought that the final renderings on the animation, on the characters, they look like claymation toys, so much more so than just your typical 3D animation stuff. They totally. were beautiful. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I agree. You know, when most people talk about the Mario movie, they're talking about uh, things like the initial reviews or, you know, uh, maybe the potential audience like, oh, I could bring my kid to that or whatever they think like the demographic is supposed to be. But the fact of the matter is not only was the voice acting amazing for this you know i think the only person i could really place was maybe seth rogan right of course, yeah when he doing goes his the, laugh uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So i can't do the laugh but i so badly wish i could um but everyone was so good i think there maybe was a point where i was going was that fred armison that was fred armison right yeah but um beyond that the animation is beautiful and i i knew that it was going to be great from just watching those initial trailers i was like wow the animation just looks next level for this. It looks slightly real, but also they're staying true to the, um, you know, the character style, like the actual style of these characters while still maintaining this very realistic textures and, and shine. And, and like you said, even just the, um, the sound design was also great. 
behind this and the soundtrack. And I'm pretty sure Jack Black, that one song Peaches, yeah. isn't that nominated for something now? <laughs> I'm not sure. Nominated. But uh, Heidi is not as big of a Mario. I mean, I at the end of the movie, I was just a kid in a candy store. Oh, and yeah. I loved seeing this film again. I loved seeing it finished. And I think the textures are unique to this movie. I haven't seen mm-hmm. the textures like treated like this um, in animation. And yeah. at the end, I said, it was great, right? And Heidi's like, eh, it's not my thing, but I like seeing you happy. And I was Aww. just like, <laughs> I, what I love about it, Angelica really was, and I, and I thought about this when I was seeing the movie in animatics, when I was just seeing sketches of some of these sequences, the love was there. And yeah. geeks gave us who love Mario and of any age, and I'm in my early forties and I have loved Mario my entire life. And I think that there, there is, are, are things in there for you. And as a Nintendo fan in general, you're going to look for Easter eggs for things like balloon fight. You're going to see duck hunt references in Brooklyn, where some of the movie takes place because obviously it's the history of Mario brothers and it celebrates the whole history of Mario brothers. I don't want to do any spoilers, Mm -hmm. but there are items in this that are, become pretty big plot points in the and they were only in one game yeah. and it's like wow that power up was only in one game and they shattered it out and they used it as a really fun plot point but at one point there are there are printed posters like faded on the side of like a building in brooklyn and it's the old cards that celebrate the fact that nintendo started in the late 1800s as a card company right. that created playing cards and you see that stuff and so the just the attention to detail and the love not just for the mario franchise but throughout, when when there's a, there's a scene involving Donkey Kong where you hear the Donkey Kong country music done orchestrally on a beautiful like the music swells or it just kind of swings the way that Mark that the music swings in Donkey Kong Country and you're just like they nailed it they nailed yeah. every part of this movie as a celebration of the history of not just Mario but Nintendo especially yeah. the NES era and let's see where it goes from there and the movie made kajillion dollars mm-hmm. it's a huge success and I cannot wait for another film uh, taking place. And I may be opening it up to let's seeing some of these other Mario titles that coming out or not just Mario titles, Nintendo titles. Mm -hmm. Um, The performances were good. I mean, what else would you even add to it? Geekscape is because this conversation about Mario is just going to be a giant love fest. Yeah. I mean, that movie was packed full of just little Easter eggs. Cause I even remember um, (laughs) I was sitting there with my friend and in the theater, and I felt so bad because there was a few points where I was like, oh, this is, that's Jumpman. And that's like, oh, uh, the totally. Original. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's from the beer tapper game. And then, okay, the Wrecking Crew reference is, it's just like, Jonathan, Heidi's just like, let me know yeah. the movie. I was the, the, have you seen the meme of the guy talking into the girl's era, like the party? Yeah. That yeah, like the, the <laughs> man like, explaining yeah, thing. At the, at the baseball <laughs> game where he's like, listen, babe. Yeah that's me to my friend and i felt so bad but i was like that's that thing and that and then i i try to tone it down a bit but um even just what you touched on with the music there's little moments too where they'll do a uh, little oh my god i my guitar brain just is coming riffs. in but, just like, but little yeah. riffs yeah exactly they'll do little riffs that are callbacks to just even like certain moments you know maybe a uh a, a water based fight mm-hmm. you know when mario's looking at um a certain character, you know, in like one of the cities. And you have a lot of just really cool moments like that where it does sort of take you back and it brings you that nostalgia and it just, it like delights you 
you know, it's just such corny terminology there. But I was like, I was giggling through the whole movie. It celebrates the entire history of Geekscape. It's from 2D to 3D. Yeah. Um, and from 8-bit to Mario Galaxy to Odyssey, I just yeah. thought it, it did a great job on everything. What's mm-hmm. it like going to Nintendo Land at Universal? Because you did that. Oh, Nintendo Land is amazing. Um, so I was there, I think it was the, it was like the final day before they opened it up to public. And um, like a lot of the food that I tried was delicious. Uh, the drinks, they had this really good, oh God, what do I call it? It's kind of like a float drink that they had too. And the straw. You're oh, looking for the go. word yeah. meth. Thank you. Yeah, that's exactly what I wanted to say. But I just didn't know if uh, Nintendo had, you know, okayed that one. Um, that was my covert way of saying it. But they had that there and it was wonderful. And then they also had the power up bands. I can grab mine right now and show you. But there's tons of little games around and you can essentially use this band to get not necessarily like, like you can get points basically and compete okay. with other people in the park. They had a Mario Kart ride that was really cool. But I think the best for me, the best part of the park was the um, the design, you know, like mm. the thing was just beautiful. I felt like I was in one of the Mario Mushroom games. Kingdoms. Yeah. Yeah. And like so I was I was in it. The, the band, it's 40 bucks, but who cares? I'll pay it. <laughs> it also works as an amiibo, correct? Um, yeah, I believe so. I mostly was That's just competing with my friend when I was there, but sure. you have to do it through the app and everything, and we we're okay. just playing a lot of the games against each other. Okay, so it's not necessarily like the Wizarding World of Harry Potter wands where that activates certain things in the park. It works like that, but mm-hmm. there's also a digital component with a downloadable app where yeah. you can track your scores, not just with your immediate friends you connect with, I guess, through the app, but all the park goers and you can kind of see like for this day, month, week, whatever, who's been able to score the most at these different installations. Um, I don't know if I've checked it on other people, sure. but usually sure. it, it was me against my friend when we were there that one day, but it was also cool to see other people's scores and go, Hey, who's that? Like yeah. who, who beat mine just now? Um, I would have my phone yeah. and I'd be like hunting them in real life. I'd be like, <laughs> yeah. that looks like blue shell 32. <laughs> Come here. You're not beating my score, kid. It's like, that's an eight-year-old, dude. Stop it. Um, My friend got competitive, too. Like, there was this one wheel turning one, and she was, like, raising her entire body. It was getting really sweaty. Yeah, it was was sweaty, for sure. CrossFit. Um, You got a toad wristband? Yes, I did. Of course. That's what I'm going to get. I cannot wait. Um, and do the wristbands do different things or they kind of work once you get one wristband, you can kind of use it over and over. Um, you just need one wristband, but you know, it's cool looking. So get your favorite character out of them. Um, I really wanted the toad one because toad is just adorable. And also toads just got big gremlin energy. And I like to encompass that <laughs> when I'm making stuff online, as you've probably seen from yeah, TikTok. And Geekscape is again, like check out Angelica's TikTok. Uh, Keegan-Michael <laughs> Key did an amazing job as toad. Yeah. Sorry, I'm dropping out Geekscape. I'm still coughing. My allergies are still on the little end of affecting my throat it's okay um, you're choked up about all I'm this totally choked up about not making it to nintendo um <laughs> our friend phil lamar was in nintendo the mario movie and i didn't realize that until i saw the credits but phil lamar and a couple other former geekscape guests were in the movie um <clears throat> all right geekscape so 
Super Mario World, Super Mario Land at Universal, worth the trip. Are you asking me or telling yeah, me? Yeah, that's like the final word. Oh, worth the trip. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. It's like the most beautiful area I've probably seen so far. I, maybe I'm biased and I was there, but it, it's like you feel like you're in the game. You're playing games and you can go and play Mario Kart. And that's also a lot of fun. You've got these cool visors. I feel like I'm just selling this place right now, but it's just so <laughs> Where's cool. Where's my like, cut, Miyamoto? I, <laughs> exactly. Where's my damn cut? Uh, uh, my wife is watching. She says, are you okay? I, can, I keep hearing you coughing. <laughs> <coughs> Sweetie, hopefully the geese games aren't entirely hearing me cough, but I am trying to mute or strategically. Um, I'm crying. Sweetie, if you want to bring me some water, maybe I would appreciate it. I'm dying. Are you crying because of... of... I, well, here's the th other thing, Heidi, since you're listening. Um, every time I try and find a date to get a Universal... Uh, you say you're working or have a, a conflict, so um, I have not been able to go to the Universal Park to go. Um, so you just gotta send you, a calendar either, invite. <laughs> either you pick a date, or I'm bringing a different date. You got me? No, I can't make that joke. That's send stupid. like a Google Doc or a calendar invite, and then just check like which one is the best time for Three you. Three years. What works for you? I yeah. want to go in the morning. Like I said earlier, I'm, I do have a, a bit a bit of a gig with Universal Films. And I want to go in the morning and I want to just stay there all day and maybe hide in the park overnight and live there. Yeah. I think you can camp out <laughs> under maybe. A... <laughs> Bowser's on areas. YouTube. Any comments? Peaches, 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 peaches. To which Jim Pellegrinelli said, um, I'm already hearing that the Peaches Jack Black song about Princess Peach is up for the Oscars next year. Is it that good? Uh, I, I like the Peaches song, but I ultimately think that the score that Koji Kondo also was a consultant on, I think that score is fucking beautiful. Hello, gorgeous wife. Uh, That's you. not true about Universal. Thank you for the whoa. <laughs> she's she, she's <laughs> popping a balloon in my fib. You're getting called uh, out. Yeah, I've never said out. that I can't go. All right. Uh, she, brought me, she brought me water in my Castle in oh. the Sky glass. With, oh, I love that. Yeah, it's my I favorite. I love those collectible glasses. It's my favorite Miyazaki film was Castle in the Sky. Oh, uh, so thank you, sweetie. Uh, Geekscapist, there's so much more uh, to talk about. Um, when I was in Austin, which I know we had a pre-recorded episode last week, I was in Austin with Heidi and my friend Ian Rainey, who's been on the show, who's a Geekscapist, longtime Geekscapist, uh, took us to see the Dungeon Dragons movie, Honor Among Thieves. Uh, have you seen this one, Angelica? It's okay if you haven't, but I haven't shit. seen it yet. I've been so kind of like you just described. I've been having a hard time just getting people out to uh, the theater in like certain places right now. I lucked out um, that my friend wanted to see Super Mario Bros with me. To be fair, I did throw that on her last minute. And then I also <laughs> did show up in kind of casual cosplay. Oh, but... that's amazing. <laughs> I did. And like people were going in because it was just a normal theater over in Burbank. And some people were no, laughing. There are people and... wearing Mario hats in our uh, theater too. I think oh, it's okay. a thing. Yeah. I should have so, been in continue, that yeah. one. I should have been at yeah. that showing. Um, but, but yeah, it's been, it's been tough because there's so many good movies out right now and I want to go see them, but then I have all, you know, that struggle of when you say you want to see a movie and then someone goes, okay, wait for me. And then their schedule never lines up. So then you're like, okay, do I go watch this movie on my own? Do I invite someone else? That has been the case for me with the D&D &D movie. I've played D&D &D before. I've watched all the trailers. The trailers look amazing and they look just very good 
kind of goofy and silly and fun. It's and awesome. I so badly want to see this. Geekscape is this movie. And I lived through all the bad D&D movies. Every single one of them. <laughs> you lived through them all? Uh, <laughs> and, and the inside thing, too, Geekscape is, I don't know if y'all remember, if you listen to the show for a long time, when I did Ninjas for, when Ninjas Attack and singled them over at Fox, the executive in charge of it uh, was a friend of mine named Gabriel Morano. And Gabriel was working for an executive over there named Dave Madden. Maybe you recognize his name on Lois and Clark. Uh, no, what, what's, what's the new show on CW? The most recent like Lois and Clark show where they have the two kids. And Dave's awesome, but Gabriel was the person I was working for. Gabe's a friend. And then Gabe finally ended up over at E1 as the VP of development. And that put him in charge of the Hasbro stuff. And D&D, most importantly, and I won't talk about the overall plan that we've discussed for D&D. I'm not part of that. I had a meeting with Gabriel, I think in November, just basically to touch base see like what the story is over there because hasbro has all those what, what i call the, the boys toys lines like transformers and gi joe and beyond that you've got mask and um you know rom space night and all the uh micronauts and so i was just basically having like a general meeting with gabriel and we started talking about D and he he said and i think i can disclose this because the movie's out but he said when, when I, we think about <clears throat> and i think he said this in potentially in interviews but he says, when I think about D&D, right, and I think about how it's been treated in film and TV, um, it doesn't feel like D&D. And when you think about how fantasy has been treated now that it's super popular post Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones has a very serious tone. Rings of Power has a very serious tone. Fantasy on TV and in film has a very serious tone now post Lord of the Rings. I don't think Dungeons & Dragons should compete with that because when you get together with your friends to play Dungeons & Dragons, it's not serious. It's fun. It's crazy. It's it's wild. And mm -hmm. Gabriel distinctly said, that's how you feel when you see Guardians of the Galaxy or some of these more fun movies that are a little weirder, a little more fun, a little more smart-assed. And that's the kind of fun hanging out with your friends, your jerk friends playing D&D &D, uh, tone that he wanted to bring to uh the, you know he and everybody who's involved wanted to, to bring to the dungeon dragon stuff moving forward and they nailed it with honor among thieves i thought this movie was so much fun and as someone who's played D, &D off and on since middle school and is familiar with some of the most like insane creatures and parts of it like you're going to get references to part to pretty famous locations in the D, &D world you're gonna you're gonna you're going to see monsters that you're like whoa they worked that monster into this movie and it's not just like a, a shout out like one thing that they're critiquing the mario movie on is like oh it's a bunch of uh easter eggs i don't think the mario i think the movie mario movie yes it has easter eggs i think some of those things that are deep cuts are actually used as plot points in the mario movie mm -hmm. and i don't want to spoil it for you but it's actually big here in Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves, not only are those like really deep cuts in the movie, they're major plot points in some of these action sequences because using this monster and its unique abilities to get through this next situation is a huge part of it. And it's creative, it's fun, it has that kind of Guardians of the Galaxy kind of smart ass. Uh, band of, kind of oh it's great and yeah it's so much fun i had a blast 
with Honor Among Thieves, and I cannot wait for them to make more movies, TV shows, everything they've announced, and I hope they do it across the entire line from Dragonlance to Forgotten Realms to Ravenloft to everything. I want to see all of Dungeons & Dragons treated this tonally accurate, and I think that's the best thing about this. It's tonally accurate. It's not too serious. It feels like you're playing D&D, sitting for two hours in this movie. I can't wait to watch this again. You're coming with us. My friend Jason Inman. <laughs> Jason Inman hasn't seen the movie yet. And I said, did you end up getting, watching D&D? He asked me to see it. I was in Austin. He hasn't seen it yet. You're in. You're coming with us. I can't All wait right. to see Honor Among Thieves again. I loved it. Let's go. And, I will, and Chris Robinson goes, is it, <laughs> he goes, is it better than the 2000 version? Uh, I mean, that one had Jeremy Irons and a Wayne's brother in it. So maybe. Yes, it is. It's better than the Thora Birch 2000 version. I'm sorry, Thora and Jeremy Irons and Sean Wayans, was it? But this movie's fantastic. I had so oh. much fun. And don't let people spoil it. Don't let people spoil it. I loved it. Okay. It's so well, much as fun someone who the can't movies. spoil it, just what what you talked about, too, is I haven't been playing D&D super consistently since middle school like you. But even then, in my, my limited few campaigns and one shots that I've done, there were moments in the trailer, right? I, I haven't seen yeah. it yet. I want to see it. But there's moments in the trailer, too, where I went, hey, I died by one of those gelatinous <laughs> oh, <with> the, cubes. <laughs> in the trailer, when the owlbear busted out, in that early yeah. trailer, I said, owlbears in this, they fucking nailed it. You got to see oh, it. That's yeah. all I got to know. All I, got, all I know is that they threw the owlbear monster in this movie. Yeah. I'm in. They yeah. nailed it. I saw one of those on cleaning of cubes and went, oh, one of those killed me in one of my campaigns because I had a dumb bard character that wasn't very mm. intelligent. And I was like, I died in one of those. Well, that's what that, that's what Chris Pine plays in this one. He plays a bard and, and Michelle Rodriguez is great. And it's just it's a fun movie. And it's really, yeah. really, really uh, it really just nails that tone. I think Gabriel and everyone over at E1 and Hasbro and I think. I think they killed it. And and I'll tell you, uh, the executive producer, one of the main producers on it is Jeremy Latham, who I met very early in my time here in L.A. He had just come out of the mailroom and started over at Marvel. But Jeremy came up through the through Marvel first when they were doing like the animated Ultimates straight to DVD stuff. And then right. he, he worked all he's actually one of the major producers all the way up through the Avengers movies. And then I think he went off to I, I can't speak for Jeremy. We lost contact, but. When I saw Jeremy's name on the end credits of Dungeons and Dragons, I said, of course, he's a good dude and he gets yeah. story and this movie is great. Uh, Christina Sheldon over on Facebook, longtime Geeks Game, it says, I love that if you play D&D and you know the rules, you can spot the moments in the movie where those limitations actually affected their actions. Like they <sighs> failed a role or it wasn't in their character and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. This, this movie was awesome and I'm going to watch it again and you'll be there. Jason Inman will be there. And um, we're just gonna we're just gonna figure out when to do that. Pick a date. All right, all right, Pick let's go. <laughs> okay. Uh, the other two movies I saw Geekscapist, I'll talk about briefly. Was John Wick Four? I thought was great. Mm-hmm. It's the I think it's the best John Wick since the first one, as everybody's been saying. It's yeah. long. Yeah. But um, it's like three it, hours. It's it's a long movie, but but it's pretty creative. But all the all the, all of them are creative. Um, who's the they guy? wrote in a break in there too, right? Did they, I don't know. They they wrote what? in breaking faces. I, there wasn't a, there wasn't like a go piss break or go get popcorn break. <laughs> <A> standby mode. <laughs> it wasn't like a no. They it was it was pretty break neck the whole time. Uh, there was we like had this, 
dude, um, Gary Daniels, who was on Geekscape, this fighter dude, Gary Daniels, he's in a fat suit in this movie. And he was on Geekscape back in September. And uh-huh. he was talking about how he's in John Wick 4. You might not even recognize him when you go see this John Wick. He's in, he's disguise. in a fat suit. He's in a fat suit. He's great. <laughs> he's so funny. Uh, Matt Kelly says, Honor Among Thieves really reminded me of Your Highness. Another movie that's overlooked oh. that I love. I love Your Highness. Yeah. On how it captured the D&D experience. Yeah, I think Your Highness is an overlooked gem. Yeah. You got to have fun with it. Yeah, it's it's a movie made by fans for mm-hmm. fans. And I think that's the re- reoccurring motif of today, right? With like the Super Mario Brothers movie and and all of that is like we just want to see people passionate about it and that know the experience and the, that was able to come through with the dnd don't want some hollywood person being like let me tell you about them super mario brothers uh or the also, witcher sorry hey this is how the witchers work <laughs> uh i think i think the thing that helped the witcher for a long time was henry cavill mm-hmm. himself being a passionate yeah. witcher fan yeah and who know i mean no offense to where that's gonna go who knows but henry cavill I think was making sure that everything that was showing up on screen for the Witcher was was up to up to his own fandom level. He read the like, books. Oh, he's a giant nerd. Yeah, yeah, big nerd. We welcome him in to the nerd. <laughs> Come here, Henry Cavill. I I, listen, I don't think I could keep him out. Like you'd have to <laughs> like somebody else. If if you guys want to kick Henry Cavill out, you're gonna have to deal with it. Because yeah, I've been in a room with some of those people, like Helmsworth, <laughs> and like his bicep was the size of my leg. And I'm like, no, there's no, no, I can't, I can't tell him not to be in anything. The other movie I saw, speaking of people I've been in in a room with, was Ben Affleck's directed this movie about the the Air Jordan uh, Mm -hmm. Air, and this one has Matt Damon in in it as uh, executive for Nike trying to sign Michael Jordan to the shoe deal. And y'all are hearing this, and you're being like, why the hell would I ever want to watch this movie? It's a great script it is such a cool story about this executive on a company that really doesn't have any presence in the basketball sector of shoes and again it still sounds so boring the movie's my favorite script of the year and it was so much fun just watching matt damon and ben and jason bateman and uh everybody uh in this movie just kind of uh put it all on the line to try and sign this generational athlete that changed not just the face of the company but the sport and yeah. it nailed that story. And it's a story I know pretty well, but it was awesome. I loved it. And so if you want something to watch with your parents, maybe they're not into the geek thing and you want something to watch with your parents and maybe you're, somebody in your family's into sports, uh, Air's great. It's well-written, well-directed as always with Ben, but um, I loved it. And and Heidi loved it. And she's, not, you know, she, she asked me in January when basketball season was going to be over. And I was like, oh, child. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, no, it's going to so be, it's, it's it's gonna be a while. it's good for non-sports people. I think so, just because the actors are so good. You get the drama really quickly. You get yeah. you get that this guy is kind of, this guy is, if he doesn't, if he doesn't sign this, this athlete, he's done. Okay. And if, and, and the company, as far as the basketball line goes, is done. I think Nike was dominant in track and field because that's what Phil Knight started out with. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he came out of the track thing, but um but honestly, we know now what basketball shoes became. But yeah. in but it was it's insane. It was a really awesome movie. Um, the other Phil Knight movie that I've talked about on the <laughs> involved movie that I've talked about on the show is that one that I talked about. I think in January called Clay Dreams about the claymation creator who could have been a Walt Disney or a Jim Henson, and he created like the Noid in the California Raisins and all those claymation yeah. classics. 
and just didn't have the business sense. But Phil Knight was a major investor in the company. And after several swings and misses at creating original IP to become a Disney or a Jim Henson, Phil Knight finally said, hey, I'm sorry, I'm going to take over the company and give it to my son. And they named it Leica. They renamed it Leica. Mm-hmm. And so the company that created the California Raisins and the Noid and all that from the 80s, 90s is actually the Leica that we still see in movies like Coraline and yeah. stuff like that. And the person who runs it is Phil Knight's son who directed the Bumblebee film. So okay. it's nice. crazy. It, it, it's all, it all connects. Geekscapists, it all connects. Yeah. Keep chasing uh, your Kelly. dreams and keep at it. <laughs> Matt Kelly says, I still need to watch that doc. I know you told me I'd love it. Matt, you you would absolutely love it as somebody who has the nostalgia for California Raisins and the Noid and all that fun Americana pop culture stuff. And it's just a really, I think it's a beautiful documentary about a guy who had a dream to be an artist and never was able to add the business sense to that. And in doing so, lost his art. And yeah. someone like Phil Knight, who, um, you know, had business in mind, came in and said, hey, like, I've, I've, I've supported the artist long enough. I have to take over this company. Yeah. And I'm going to give it to my son. And we, I love Leica. Leica makes some incredible movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's great. It's sad how it came out, came about. Um, Matt's going to start a claymation podcast now for the Geekscape Network. Hey, Matt, in the comments, nice. since I got your ear, how many podcasts do we have on the network? I saw that two others got added to the to our feed and, and all that. And is there a place for Angelica on the Geekscape Network? She can have a podcast whenever she wants. I think she's been awesome. Can I can I be episode. claymation the whole time? Can I just... Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, Matt, what's the budget for that? And the timetable... <laughs> That. What's the story on the claymation? Going together. I don't. I don't know if claymation is gonna gonna be that great on an audio audio medium, but um, yeah. Maybe. Okay. Hey, maybe they maybe. could. You know, there's a there's a niche there. Okay. <laughs> Can you hear the clay? It's like an ASMR. Yeah. Can you hear the clay? Just it's clay a- noises. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Geekscapus, we can do this. Angelica, <laughs> you, you, we can do this. Hey, hey, Geekscapus, hey. you're now exiting. Uh, we were at like 25 shows on the network. Okay, so Geekscapus, if you're going to close your eyes. No, maybe don't let, do this if you're listening while you're driving. Imagine the most beautiful claymation landscape and these claymation animals of your choice enter and they're moving. And then another one just joins. That's it. that's you, Angela. You have to make claymation sounds. What does clay sound like? It like slaps together, right? It's like yeah, I, it's, yeah. It's slappy. It's tappy. It's <laughs> <laughs> this is you great for it? how beautiful is it? It's like oh, this sounds... that looks so good. Oh, what a great story! I want to be a bird and fly away. That claymation just grew wings and flew away. Uh, there's a beautiful sunrise. That's the sun coming up. <laughs> so people are like, "Oh, that episode was pretty good with that Angelica." Until y'all started masturbating on the microphone. Like, <laughs> Do I don't know about this. this. I don't know about this. Geek, it was geek, tap dancing, okay? You just you weren't looking closely. Geekscape turned into geek bait, and I don't want it no more. <laughs> I was just tap dancing, okay? That's what that was. Geekscape is. If I have any listeners who have that accent, you get a podcast too. Hey guys, let, let, Welcome to my podcast on the Geeks Game Network. <laughs> Matt, find them. Matt Kelly, find them. Give them a podcast now. I'm Skeeter, and I got myself a Geeks Game podcast. <laughs> We're rating raccoons for uh, dub. Oh, God. Uh, Matt wants me to mention today's episode of 91 Donkey Lane. I heard it's fantastic, and it's also Super Mario-based, so 
There we have go. too many podcasts. We do not have too many podcasts <laughs> on the network. I love all of our podcasts. You have just enough. Uh, just enough. Geekscape is, if you are going to subscribe to things and you're on the ticket of talk, you know, the TikTok that the kids talk about, uh, you're going to subscribe to Angelica's feed. You can find it at A-Train. A-Train. <laughs> yeah, A-Train. <laughs> but it's like multiple A's, right? Yeah, we're actually, How many you can't A's? tell, uh, A-Y-Y. It's just a oh. Oh. Trey. Yeah, like, hey. So it's more like, hey. Oh, come on, hey. hey. Yeah, exactly like that. Mom, mm-hmm. what's the hair? You, ca- you, okay. can't, you can't tell, but they're actually going to put it up in post. It's going to be Claymation A Trey going right up on the screen. It's <laughs> <laughs> doing it right now. <laughs> you can hear it. Did you guys, did you sense that, the artistry? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Subscriber. Yeah, since you're now subs- unsubscribing to me for the. Claymation sounds. Go <laughs> subscribe to A Trey. That's A Y Y T R A E over on TikTok. Did I get that right? Angelica? Yes. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Good job. That was great. Let's do a claymation review after the Dungeons and Dragons movie and we'll see what you thought. Um, <laughs> Geekscapus, uh, what are some other places to find you? You're on the Instagram and all that. Where, where should the Geekscapus be? Like, I like her. She was funny. I want more. Yeah. You could, uh, so, uh, same thing as TikTok over on Twitter. Um, but also this name right here on the screen, the Angelica Trey one is my Instagram. So if you, if you want to check out some of the cosplays and goofy videos that I make, um, there's plenty more over there. Um, and yeah, I have some gameplay stuff that I'll do. If you want to see me play games over on Twitch, that's also a Trey and, we'll post up compilations on YouTube. So there's lots of different places to find different kinds of content. But if you want to see me toad screaming, that's going to be on TikTok. Sorry. You got to download the TikTok. Mm-hmm. Got it. I like yeah. the toad screaming. The toad screaming was the first thing I saw. And I was like, oh, that's my favorite Mario character. I'm in. It's great. Yeah. It lets me unleash my inner just gremlin toad. And like people like it. And I'm like, cool. This like is great. I just get to- are you sure you want this in the microphone right now? Um, After all the claymation, it, it can get loud. <laughs> it starts toad. off as a low growl. <laughs> yeah, claymation. Well, because. And it just goes from there. For and me, I. Toad mm-hmm. always like, I mean, because Captain Toad was the one that had the most toad sounds. Yeah. And so that's the one where it's like. But <laughs> 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 you like bounce off his head and it's like. <laughs> um. Like, there's a lot of toad sounds, but that's yeah. the one for sure where he's like, Mario! Yes, exactly. Yeah, basically, it's, um, oh, my God. What's, uh, oh, what's the actor who played the parrot in Aladdin? Oh, yeah, that's, uh, oh, Matt Kelly's yelling at me right now. They recently departed. Yes. Um, I'm waiting for Matt to put it in the comments. Um, oh, his name escapes me. Now. It's Guys, basically I'm that. I'm so sorry. Bring yeah. it up an, an octave from there. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. ah! <laughs> it's just it's up there i know i'm sorry for all the people with headphones on right now but i'm not it, <laughs> i'm not you were warned of, it's one of those ones that i just can't do quietly you know so Nor should you no you know no. i say it loud and i i say it proud uh, matt kelly thank you so much he's like it's the late great gilbert godfrey there we go gilbert um godfrey. All right, Geekscapus is awesome having Angelica on the show. If you want to hear me talk to other guests, uh, just subscribe to Geekscape. If you enjoyed this Geekscape and it was your first, like share it with your friends and be like, hey, you might like this guy who talks to different people about creative stuff and geeky stuff every week. Uh, next week, 
oh, next week I've got these guys and I hope they, they stick with it. A uh, documentarian doing a story about a family who discovered that the father of the family had a, it's going to become a documentary, but the documentary is coming out next year, but you can hear it here first. They found out that their father had one of two of the highest rated copies of Action Comics number one. It's like a three or four million dollar book wow. in that now that he's gone, the family is trying to figure out what to do with a comic book collection that is upwards of $10 million. And the documentarian talking about the story and one of the family members is going to be on the show with me next week. And it's not just like, oh, what do we do with these comics? But it's actually a pretty deep story about this family kind of torn apart by all sorts of issues. And the comic books are just the beginning. Uh, but the movie is called Selling Superman and they're putting it together now and they'll be on the show next week to talk to you about it. So um, I'm excited about that story because it sounds like heavy family drama plus comic books. And that's kind of what Geekscape is. Um, you can find all our shows on all the platforms. We got lots of Geekscape shows from wrestling to music to horror films to comedy search for geekscape you'll find a show that we endorse and we love um and angelica we're gonna go see the dungeon dragons movie and we're gonna watch yes. some more tiktoks all right all right sounds good <laughs> thanks <laughs> uh geekscape we'll talk to you next week peace give us a toe to get us out of here bye <laughs> <laughs> oh there's claymation toad oh oh he's on the screen oh he's wreaking havoc <laughs> You're listening to the Geekscape Network.